Welcome to episode 143 of The Endless Stream. I'm Aiden, and this week I am joined by Brian. We are two artists, illustrators, filmmakers, and all-round shit-talkers, and each week we take some of the endless stream of content brought to you through Netflix, Hulu, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon Prime, Disney+, Plus. wherever you get your content, we take a chunk of it, we watch it, and we talk about it. This week we are talking about the Sony PlayStation State of Play, we are talking about the newly released film Argyle, we are talking about Reacher, because we've talked about that a bunch, we could come back to it. We have our ups, we have our downs, we have the hour of dour, because we're, we're grumpy motherfuckers. Uh, if you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast, heading over to iTunes, heading over to Spotify, rating, reviewing, liking, subscribing, all of these good things really help us out. On top of that, you can head over to Instagram at The Endless Cast, where we put up art and clips to go with each episode. And that's a great place to reach out. You can send us a message there. You can tell us something you like and would like us to watch. You can disagree with our opinions or you can ask us questions. It's a great place to do that. Or you can send us an email at theendlesscast at gmail.com. All of that being said, let's get into the episode. Commence chit-chat. It is the 4th of February. It is a Sunday. Mm. It's a bank holiday weekend. The first of no, it's the second St. Bridget's Bank holiday, but it's actually on its right date, right? Last year they tacked it on to Paddy's to make it like a four-day weekend. I don't remember. This is the first time it's been okay. Uh, last year they tacked it on to St. Paddy's Day to make it a like they wanted the bank holiday there, but they weren't prepared to make it a thing, so they did a like Friday and Monday were off for Paddy's. Huh. They transposed. It was a weirdness. It's funny how the world is malleable in some ways. Um, Apparently, we have two days less uh, holidays than the rest of the EU. They have 12, like, public holidays. Bank holidays. Um, or oh. Public holidays or whatever you want to call them, I guess. And they are, there are calls to bring us in line, so we should be getting two extra. Not that we will, but we should, apparently. Oh. Well, I think the thinking is, like, there's nothing in July as a public holiday, is there? I mean, my and birthday in September. Celebrate that for a week. Well, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. Squatch fest. Um, they should just make my birthday a public holiday. It's a, it's a, I mean, I've, I've it's, a saying, it's a, it's a good date. Years. July twentieth. Like it sounds mm-hmm. nice. July twentieth. I think it should. Just yeah, it's celebrate. um. There's no. Is there a November holiday? I I do not pay that much attention to the calendar. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny when you're not working for yeah. a while, your concept nope. of like public holidays and stuff goes away. That's about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like everybody, everybody I'm chatting to is like, oh, it's a it's yeah. a bank holiday this weekend, and I'm like, is it? Is it? Is it now? Uh, I'm uh, still applying for jobs. Fine, it's fine. That's going well. Um, I'm getting really good at sending emails. That's um, a good skill to have for a job. All job is email these days. That's all it is. Email yeah. meeting. It's awful. I hate it. Yeah. Um, emails and meetings. Yeah. I, like the first sort of um, first time I did a worked in a job that wasn't specifically animation, um, I was baffled by the amount of time I spent over two to three weeks going into meetings, planning meetings, sending emails about mm-hmm. meetings, and not actually doing the job I was there to do. I yeah. was like. This company is... Who's actually doing the work? All over the shop, yeah. Oh, I'm supposed to be doing but the work. It, no, but we're it, having it a meeting doesn't, about the work. It and doesn't change anywhere, though. Like, that's been my experience, is that it's like lots of talking about talking. And I'm not a fan of it, i got to say. 
Not a fan. Yeah, offices, office-based jobs are fucking weird and wild and odd. Um, but it's what I'm aiming at when you look at, like, like when you start looking at, um, I don't know, maybe it's a bad fucking idea, but, like, I look at, like, well, here are the things that are going to be AI-based, <laughs> you know, or, or things that are moving towards that, and it's like, hmm, okay. Like, there was an account on um, Cartoon Brew of a study done that showed, like, AI being used for things like um, generative 3D modeling. You know, so it's like, I don't know how they're doing it, but like systems that are like, build me a character, build me a human character with two heads and a whatever the fuck. And maybe you go in and edit it after the fact, but it's like trying to reduce uh, time hands on for people. Um, so that's fucking annoying. And I know I've seen examples of like front end dev stuff of like quick website builds using chat GPT and stuff like that. Have you seen that stuff where it's like, make me a website that presses this button? And uh, that's fucking weird. Um, so then you start going, well, I guess I need to look at these other sort of production management roles, but then how soon before those things get automated? I mean, that's the thing. The, the promise of this is to make all our lives better, and instead it's just going to make our lives hell because it's just going to take more jobs. Mm. Because we are not in control of the tool. So... <clears throat> I mean, mm. the most some of the most powerful people in the world were on strike to protect their livelihood for this exact reason for quite yep. a long time. And every other job isn't because they have no power. They're not unionized, so they have no control. So fun times. Oof. Fun times ahead. All right. Well, that, that took a turn. Um mm. It is the bank holiday. Is there anything, even if you're not going to it, are there events oh, yeah. or things that you are aware of happening oh, God, in Cork? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. What's, on, what's on the, what What have you seen that is transpiring, um, that is occurring? Are there any gigs? Are you going nope. to any of them? Nope. What's occurring? No? Not going, no. Sunday Times is on. That's usually good What's fun. that? Um, just a DJ in a courtyard brings along a record collection. Plays a good mix of tunes. Starts at about four o'clock in the day, goes on till not too late because it's not a late bar. Um, but it's just early Sunday dancing. Um, it's especially good if the weather's good, but the weather's probably not good today. That's not a reason to not go. I just just won't go. Last time I went, I got there kind of late, but not too late. And some drunk guy started chatting to me at the bar, and he kind of latched on to me, and then he kept telling me to chat up to two other women that were at the bar. I was like, please go away. And that was my night. <laughs> he wouldn't leave me alone. Oh. At one point, I'd, I'd, he was looking for a at wing one point, man. I took my drinks outside and uh, the woman was like, oh, dude, there's like, there's a courtyard around the back. Like, there's music and stuff. You can bring your drinks out there. I was like, oh, I know. I just, I don't want to be inside because there's a guy bothering me. Shit. He was very, very um, chemically altered. Uh, yeah. Did you no, know? I hadn't clue. No, oh, okay. No, he, he just he just, right, just he just saw me at the bar, started talking to me, started telling me to chat people up. I was like, "Go away, please, please go away." Um, have I gone there since? I think I have. But again, I'm just there about myself. It's just, mm. you know, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah, it's fucking frustrating, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yep. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff I don't go to because I'm just like, Ugh, just going on my own. What's, What's the point? point? What's the point? Do we leave this in? This no, we leave this in. This stays um, in. 
Uh, Once you say it. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, there is there is stuff on, but you know, I, I shan't practice. More than likely. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I didn't get up to much this week. Um didn't get up to much. Uh had a busy weekend last weekend, went to a couple of comedy shows. Um Club Valentine were good. They're always good. They're a fun, weird show in Dublin. Um bunch of crazy character bullshit. Um lots and lots of fun. Went out to Whelan's. Uh, performed in a comedy show at the Improv Clubhouse and uh, doing a lot of improv practice. We have a show coming up where we're doing like, it's the Smock Alley Theatre again, so it's like that hundred and odd seater. Um, I don't know if we'll fill that many seats, but yeah. And I got practice again later, so improv has eaten up a lot of time. Uh, I'm trying to draw stuff. I'm trying to apply for jobs, which we covered a little bit. And I'm trying to go to the gym. So I'm trying to like, yeah. Um, would like the work thing to kick in but I'm also starting teaching a bit in a couple of days is that in Pulse? interesting I need to yeah I need to change my job seekers thing to like part time employed do you know how to do that have you done that online I haven't done it online um, and I haven't had to yeah. do it for about 10 years I think so it's straightforward yeah. enough I, I was going to I was going to go in and do it on Monday but it's a uh, bank holiday yeah, yes. <laughs> And I teach on Tuesday, and I'm like, oh, no, is this weird? It won't be a big deal. Yeah, okay. Um, I hope not. I think the thing is, like, I can do the thing, and, like, like I'm not getting paid for a fucking month anyway, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, anyway, actually, that's fucking annoying. Yeah, I'm not getting paid for a month, and all it's going to do is reduce my fucking dole for the next four weeks. You should be coming out with more altogether, though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I got to plan these classes. I did. A, I did a bunch of like upskilling stuff, with like, I guess familiarizing myself with softwares and ahead of this teaching thing. I think that's useful. Yeah, I, of course I it don't is. know. You tell yourself things are useful, but then they don't. Uh, they don't amount to anything, Brian. They don't amount to anything. Oh, I hear that. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Media wise. Media wise. In media wise, um, I tell you what I did this week. Um, after some prompting by those who had already watched it, uh, I I logged on to the iPlayer and I watched Traitors. Uh, have you watched any I of that? Or are your family into that? Nope. It feels like a, a family or a parent kind of I don't think so. Vibe. Look, I don't know that it would be for you. Oh, it's definitely uh, not. I was... Uh, yes, I understand that. But uh, it is fun. It is kind of compelling. It's... 12 episodes rather than Big Brother which runs for 30 days for a fucking month you know what I mean or two months over the summer or whatever the fuck it is um, I'm just re- thinking back to other sort of reality based shows um, I would watch it again I had a great time with it I know that's I don't know why I have to defend you do, it. Um, you I had do. fun it's watching awful. this show oh shit oh it's shit awful. I it's hate what? this stuff I hate it's awful. it yeah Especially when it's like um, under the guise of, you know, some sort of social express. Like, it's just reality TV. It's not under the guise of social express. This is a stupid game. It's just a game. Yeah, but this. Stupid. This is a game show. This is a game show. We're all just like sitting on the couch watching the flicker of this thing, mindlessly consuming it. It's being brainwashed in slow motion in real time. Mm. Go on here, tell me about it. Uh, so for you who does not know what it is, uh, I guess there's a school game or an improv game called Werewolf. Are you aware of yeah. that game? 
Yeah. Also known okay. as Mafia, also so known as Murder in the Dark. Also not invented by a Russian sociologist student to prove his thesis. That's a lot of nonsense. The game has existed for fucking ever. There was a video going around recently cool. saying that the game I, Werewolf I didn't know was any invented by um, a, some student and their thesis was that an informed minority will always... Yeah, always beat. Uh, yeah, okay. that was their thesis, and they invented the game Werewolf. It's like that's fucking nonsense. This game has existed before that. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, and everybody ate it up. This video went around. It's like, did you know that that was? It's like, shut the fuck up. Stop being so fucking stupid. Just fucking. I'm sorry. It's touched a nerve. <laughs> no, no. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, look. It's a fun show. It's a it's fun, fun game. It's fun twists and turns. It's fu- Werewolf it's is a, a fun great game. game. It's fun watching people win prizes um, to protect themselves. It's fun seeing them earn the money up. It's interesting seeing how people will uh, turn on each other. And Marla, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sitting directly facing Marla and she's just been licking her butthole for the, the past five minutes. And I've seen enough of it. I don't want to see it anymore. It's distracting. Aiden's Marla is of course Aiden's Brian's wife talking. Stop yeah. licking your butthole <laughs> She's about to do a sigh <laughs> There it is <laughs> She's looking at me like How could you just tell the world And shame me <laughs> You can do it if you want I just don't want to see it for five minutes It's distracting Okay Okay. Um, yeah I went from having zero interest in the show Claudia Winkleman Get a haircut Get, get, get a haircut like yeah um, what's with the Trump tan why are you this orange um, look there's something she's such a ludicrous character or like has a caricature that she plays on TV that it's like her then trying to do like the serious bit uh, is not convincing to me but the UK seems to love her and they're happy with her as a host this show is fun uh, I recommend it I don't know that I won't like there's a very short term fucking turnaround on it people watching it People are very concerned about spoilers for that in particular. Um, I know that you don't give a shit about spoilers. Um, I don't. But not when they're not really it, spoilers. Um, it's fun watching them play with editing. You know, like you think somebody, like, oh, this person's an asshole. And it's like, are they an asshole, or is it just the way this is being edited for this episode? I, I rewatched like, a bunch. It's invariably of the editing. Charlie Brooker a couple of months ago, and he did right. like one of the one of his episodes was kind of dedicated to just the tricks of reality tv editing and stuff and they they like film certain scenarios with like just one camera capturing everything and just presented it as it was and then they they showed how they would like edit that together to make it look like somebody had a problem with something and like this is all kind of common knowledge but to actually see to see yeah. a show saying here's well, the actual common knowledge to people that are media interested yeah. you know a lot of people watch it and yeah. it's not and that's, that's the thing is it's like when when he kind of cuts the clips together and you just see how powerful it is when they just take context out of it and put in context that that kind of supports the narrative they're creating. And it's just, it's so easy to make something so powerful. And that's why yeah. I can't watch that kind of TV. Especially especially when it's yeah. pretending it, it, to be something, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, I get it. Like, there are points when I was watching it where I would just be like, I would be listening to sentences and just going, what the fuck? Like somebody going oh my god it's amazing we're all such interesting characters i mean everybody in this house has had something incredible happen to them it's like it's almost as if you were cast like 
such just banal fucking statements. Yeah. I saw somebody ask but, recently on Reddit, like, you know, is Love Island scripted? And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's like, you know, the conversations they were having, they, they were just saying these kind of weird, they had like just saying weird stuff and it was kind of stilted and it was almost like it was scripted. It's like, it's because it is. It is. <laughs> they are cast. They audition. They are cast. They decide what narrative can we tell with this person and that person? What's the angle here? We put these two together. What will happen? It's all. Mm. Ah, watch what you want. Just be a bit more fucking media savvy. <laughs> uh, so it's a very fun show. Uh, one of the things I noticed watching it, being a fucking idiot, um, you know, it's set in a castle, and they they have these little like traitors meetings at the end of the evening where they vote who they're going to murder, and it cuts to these shots of people like working out or reading a book, or in one particular instance, somebody just like in a bath, like washing her arms and stuff. And I was like, these are the most I was looking at these shots going, there's no doubt that they're fucking staged, right? It's like, I, and even when I say that, I mean, there's a vignette, they're centered, they're lit, they're whatever. They're very, very fucking staged. But I was a couple of episodes in, because I'm half watching it and I'm dumb, where they're doing the, like the morning breakfast table thing where they see who got murdered the night before because, you know, at a certain point people mm-hmm. stop walking in and you're like, oh, they're gone. And while they're shooting that, there's shots of like four by fours driving to the castle. I was like, why are they showing us four by fours driving to the castle every fucking time? They're staying in the car. They're not staying in the castle. They're staying in a stupid, like, fucking best Western little chef down the fucking road. <laughs> and they drive to this castle to shoot every morning. And then, of course, the fucking penny dropped as well, where I'm just like, they're shooting shots of them in their bedrooms. They're not in those bedrooms. They don't live in there. They're not spending a week in this car. There's no, like, and then I went, they literally had to bring that woman in and tell her to get in a fucking bath. And she's the only one they did that with. Why did they do that? I was like, there's one guy working out in one of the rooms and he's got his shirt off and he's lifting these little plastic five kilo fucking things as if they're hard work for him and he's like six five and a bouncer i'm like they had to tell him to do that fucking hell what's why this why why are we doing this and the game is fun enough to watch I, like i've, the I, I've watched them. youtubers play it you know like in a room yeah. and somebody moderates it and it's very entertaining but, you know, it, it's yeah. it's a bunch of people at home. This, a lot of this was during pandemic, you know, so they're all playing. like from, yeah. And that was entertaining. It was great. You know, I'm not saying the concept of the game isn't entertaining. I'm just saying the whole format of that type of thing. Yeah. Makes me physically ill. Oh, there's, there's a, there's, so there's an older woman in this thing in her early 60s. Yeah, ginger woman. Killer. And then one of the other guys is Ginger as well. And somewhere in like the second episode, maybe, um, one of the guys goes... These guys have such a dynamic together. I think they're I think they're related. I think they're mother and son. And he tells that to somebody. And then they tell that to somebody. And they tell that to somebody. And gets back to the woman. And she goes and tells the guy, the ginger guy. It's like, they think we're mother and son. That's so fucking weird. And then it guts to a piece to Cameron and goes, they think we're mother and son. And that's so fucking weird. Paul's not my son. Ross is. And I was like, oh, that was great. It was a great piece of fucking around storytelling. I really enjoyed it. Whether or not some producer went to one of the... One of the contestants went. It's of almost like someone's mother and son. Did. Of course they did, but it's it was fucking fun to watch happen. But it's not real. Um, I choose to believe, Brian. I choose to believe. Leave me my anesthetics. Uh, anyway, look, it's fun. There's an American version. Apparently, that's worse. Um, I think they just went straight to celebrities for some fucking reason because America. Why not? Um, John Burkow is in it, former Speaker of the House for 12 years, 
British politician decided I'll go and do the traitors in the States. Um, odd. But that's what it is. Um, I, I just hate that as well, though, that it's all some version of, like, I'm a celebrity or mm. survivor or just any... And it's like, it's the same... The Apprentice, like, it's the same thing. It's yeah. just... People it's, like it's, whittling it's down contests. It is worrying. There, there was something else recently that I kind of watched and I was just watching people consume... And it just reminded me of like how dumb we are collectively, you know. And and that, sure and that we're, not always and been doomed. The mob. Yeah, no, we have. It's just this bread and circus thing. It's just that nothing's changed. It's easier to weaponize that now as well. It's scary. <sighs> People are stupid. It's worrying, is what it is. That we still have an appetite for this nonsense. Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to change. Super. And society is trending better, right? It is actually, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, we're 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 creeping, we're creeping upwards. So that's that's optimism, right? Sure. Whether or not it does us any good, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> You've tuned into Dourcast. It's an hour of Dour with Brian Welcome and Sully. Dour. <laughs> hey, look, I'm just telling it like it is, man. <laughs> yeah. You, you, I watched the first episode of the new Mr. and Mrs. You only watched one episode. Did you watch this? I only watched one episode. Uh, new Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You really mm. liked it. I enjoyed the first episode. Yep. Um, I knew very little about it. Um, it did. Uh, I did have that moment. Um, when, I guess when they were starting to sneak around the city and I was looking at the aesthetic and I was like, oh, I wonder if Hero Mariah See, of course he did. That beautiful bastard. This. And it's like... Oh, and uh, his credit comes up at the end. It's like directed by Hiro Mirai. And I'm like, it's got this like 1970s, like thief man crime vibey thing to it. Um, at least the first Stuff episode I shot in location just looks great as well. It's just so much yeah. more interesting. It's, it's, it's just better. so much better. Do it all the time. You're not, you're not standing on an X incapable of mm-hmm. moving in any direction. Um, and then just soft edged because you've been green screened mm-hmm. off um, Hero directed a couple of episodes he doesn't direct every episode but it's definitely okay. his style is the style book it's the language for the, the for the show cool. that's definitely the intention um, I suppose kind of broadly speaking I don't like it as much as either Atlanta or let's say Barry which were okay. you know he worked quite a Hero Murai the director worked did he direct every episode of Barry season one? I'm not sure. Oh, I don't think so. He directed quite a bit of Barry, and he directed quite a bit of Atlanta, which is Donald Glover's other show, which I am a mm-hmm. big fan of both. And again, he kind of would have, his style was very much the language of both those shows, both Atlanta and Barry. Um, I don't think... So Barry season one, first three episodes are directed by Bill Hader. Barry season one? Yeah, I'm surprised by that as well. I thought he sort of settled into the I thought, yeah, I th- I think thought he didn't direct uh, until Bill, later. So eight episodes directed by Bill Hader, Bill Hader, Bill Hader, Maggie Carey, Hero Mirai, Hero Mirai, Alec Berg, Alec Berg. Could have sworn Hero was on that more. That's confusing. Season two, the first two are Hero Mirai, and that's it. Season three, uh, Bill Hader, Bill Hader, Alec Berg, Alec Berg, Alec Berg, Bill Hader, Bill Hader, Bill Hader. Season four, 
Hater, hater, hater. It's all hater, actually. I thought hater didn't take over until much later. Hater, according to Wikipedia, hater directed all of season four, alternated with Alec Berg in season three. I could have sworn I read that alternated he with a few other didn't people. come on directing until, because he didn't really have, like, directing chops. Um, well, let me just continue to check things. Um, I was going to see if I had any Barry downloaded where I could pull up an episode, but I don't. I guess I streamed it when I watched it. Um, no, it seems to be, I mean, maybe Mariah was involved in production and setting, um, aesthetics yeah. and stuff, but. It's anonymous, um, is it anonymous content? Worked on that as well? What's anonymous the content? production company. Producers, there's a whack of producers, whack of executive producers, opening theme directed by original languages, production companies, HBO Entertainment, Alcberg Inc., Hanarkley. I don't see. No one on content. Anonymous content. All right. Strange. Mm. <sighs> Point being, it didn't grab me the way season one of Atlanta or Barry did, but I did like it quite a bit. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, I I know that Phoebe Waller Bridge yeah. was involved up to a point, right? She was up for the Jane role. Like, yes. She had it. She wasn't uh, even like. She, she was in the show. She wasn't up for it. It was kind of a... They were having a weird... Is it my understanding? Um, not weird. They were having a very public... He did that speech at... Was it the BAFTAs? Where he was singing her praises? Have you seen that? Oh. Have you seen that? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes, 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 I do. It's a while ago. But I do remember it. No, like they had done... Um, she was the in robot in Solo. Solo. So she'd worked closely with him there because... Uh, you know what I'm saying. Because they were... How does the sen- how does the sentence work? Um, yeah, they were working together in that fucking on that movie, um, and they developed a rapport. Uh, I know. I feel like they were co-creating the show at that point because Phoebe Waller Bridge has yeah you know significant clout as a screenwriter, um, and then she left again. The old creative differences citation, and I don't know what that was about. Yeah, but it's it's kind of it's it's I, interesting I watching the show. Uh, kind of, so Maya Erskine took over the role, and seems to really fit whatever they were trying to do. And right. it's hard to imagine Bridge in the role uh, without yeah, it becoming. I don't think she does. Yeah, without it becoming Fleabag. Um, yeah, it feels like because um, she's very much the same like and stuff Glo- she does. Glover is like the, even yeah. the. James Bond screenplay that she wrote, you can see her humor all over that, like oh, that yeah. scene where in the lab where they mark the guy's food or so I can't remember they mark the guy's food as toxic or something, and it was just like you could just you could see her performing every role in that scene, like it's she's got yeah. a very very distinct kind of style and tone, um, yeah, because like Glover's character at least in that in the episode I've seen so far is the one that's like. The, the bantery one. Even at a low energy, yeah. he's talking. More, he's yeah. the funny guy. And if Waller Bridge was in it, that would have been her, and it would have been larger still. And he'd be trying to counter that by being the smaller energy. Yeah, I just don't see it working. If that yeah. makes any sense, because what's the like Killing Eve as mm-hmm. well is big yeah. in every yeah. direction and. This big, I mean, Jones, her Bond input, her Star Wars role, that uh, 
crashing TV show she did. She has an energy. Mm-hmm. She's what? She's the high fashion Miranda is the way I describe her. <laughs> yeah, um, basically. I, I was going to say posh Miranda, but Miranda is also fucking eaten. I mean, anyone, any, any English person working in television or film is extremely posh. Yeah. yeah. So have you have you have Warner you Bridges, seen Hollywood Miranda? This is small tangent. Have you seen? I'm forgetting her name. Rose Leslie, Egret from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Have you seen her family home? Oh, it's, it's no. Castle basically. She's <laughs> she played the Northerner. You know nothing, Jon Snow. And uh, she's super posh. Mm. There's something weird about uh, really posh people playing common people. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we're saying Rose Leslie, money. We're, we're, we're saying That's all English to? actors, money. Kittredge. I mean, I'm glad the name you're, by the time your name is Kit, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I just clicked on his Wikipedia, and one of the things on the side is like, Arms of the Harrington Baronets. There you go. Um, the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. Um, Christopher Catesby Harrington. I should specify if they're white and English. Relatives John Harrington, Sir John Harrington of Kelston, Somerset, born an English courtier and author. And okay, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, like you click on his relatives and their oil paintings. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, you can tell how posh an actor is when you click on their relative section in Wikipedia, and it's an oil painting. That's so. Funny. I don't know. That amuses me. Um. But yeah, I don't see her fitting in the show in the same way. She could, but she'd be playing... No, it would just be a different thing. Different different energy. Um, I I just wonder... Donald Donald wanted to do a Donald and Hero low-energy style. Yeah, like I wonder wonder what the truth of her leaving was. Did they they start shooting and were they like, this isn't working? Or... Can I just... uh, just caught something at the corner of my eye and I will come mm-hmm. back to this. Um, uh, courtier under Elizabeth, courtier, courtier under Elizabeth I, one of his epigrams is widely quoted, treason doth never prosper, what the reason? For if it prosper, none dare call it treason. Cool, he, he's got rhymes, he he's got bars, that's that. great. Around that time, Harrington also devised England's first flushing toilet. Oh, wow. Does, does, he, get, does he get paid every time somebody flushes a loo in England? I bet he does. I bet he gets paid every time somebody flushes a toilet around the world. That's what that's it, money. What it lacked was the U-bend. I could have told him that. Mm. Fucking U-bend. Jeez, everybody knows that. Jesus. You need the water level to keep Who the smells away. Who doesn't know that? That's, Why wouldn't you figure that out? That's Get it together, that's Harrington. Stuff. That's so fucking funny. Kit Harrington's ancestor invented the flushing toilet. Or stole the credit for it. From, oh, from it. some low-born... He said, Oi, mister, you need a U-bend. Well, the U-bend was invented by Alexander Cumming. In, oh, wow, it looks like Robbie Coltrane. Um, also, th- at this point, though, not a, a, an oil painting so much as a, an etching. Um, so who, who knows what the truth of uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's exiting was. Um but you enjoyed the show? I wonder, was that awkward, though, because, you know, he was gushing over her at that awards thing. And then they were like, we're going to work together. And then once they started working together, I was like, this isn't working. That's just the, the reality of... Doesn't make it any less it's awkward. Trying to build a little hype. 
Yeah, I'm sure they tried to build the hype, realized it wasn't working, kept building the hype because it heightened both their careers for a minute, and uh, then gently announced the going of separate ways. I don't think it was as, as neatly as that. I think he watched her show and was like, this person's amazing. And then he worked with her a bit, presumably on Solo. It's like, we got to work together. And then once they were working together, he was like, they say it. You just talk posh. Got swept up in the accent, like so many in American. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could you can talk posh, but don't forget that one of the first uh, first beats of Fleabag is about just butt stuff. Uh, people love butt stuff. You know when you have anal sex when you're not really wanting to? It's like, okay, that's, that's a big start. <laughs> of course, do, did you say Donald Glover loves butt stuff? I said people. Troy loves butt stuff, though. So maybe that was based on... Troy does love Maybe that stuff. was based on them knowing that Donald loves mm. butt stuff. I'd say, if anything, that came from Dan Harmon, who has spoken extensively about his... Butt stuff? Yeah. Sticking a Sharpie pen up his butt. Oh, okay. He had a, D, he had a D&D character called Sharpie Butts a lot. Not big or clever. No. No, not at all. Not at all. So I watched all of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Eight episodes. It's right. good. Satisfying? Yeah. 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 Is it is it is it complete or is there a season two likely? Um if it doesn't get a season two, it is wrapped up, but it very much leaves okay. it open for a season two. Right. I mean that that's the same as anything. It's like if this is a success, we'll obviously make more of it. So we gotta leave room. But if it doesn't get one, yeah. you can kind of infer an ending. There's a great episode with um, Ron Perlman, and it, it's very much like it, it's kind of. I like Ron. It's like um, it really is just looking at a relationship through the lens of what if it was two people working together, and what if these two people, what if their job was espionage stuff. Fine. So in the episode with Ron yeah. Perlman, they they need to abduct him and extract him, take him to a place, and. Mm. He's basically, it's like, what would these people be like if they had a child? That's the premise. So he's oh, very much a he's very much a baby in this scenario, you know. And it's how do both how do <laughs> the two funny. of them treat him? And my Erskine's Jane, she very much mothers him, and she tries to like gently coax him along. And Donald Glover's John is just like strict and you know, kind of. But it it, it it's kind of imagine then. Well, you know, if the baby was a grown up, the baby could talk back what kind of things would observe so the baby's like you know he doesn't like me that much so right and again it's just it's it's a not quite a rom-com but it's it's exploring a relationship except they are spies it's an episode when they go to couple therapy then as well and they have to try talk about <laughs> like the they have to try talk about stuff while pretending what their jobs aren't um yeah it's good it's not it's not a amazing show it's a very mm. good show you could do worse than watch Eight episodes of it. Um, it's good. Yeah. Lots of... Waller Bridge has gone from being like this very... I think Fleabag was like... Obviously, that was her vehicle and it was perfect for yeah. her. But when she's yeah. not doing that, there's not a lot for her to do. When she's not doing stuff in yeah. that... Because writing credits... Writing credits, No Time to Die, Killing Eve. I mean, I, that's only there because it's only as high on the list as it is because it ran as long as it did. But she hasn't been writing on that in a while. 
she's got one writing credit listed as like untitled Phoebe Waller Bridge Amazon project, which you know if they haven't updated that, that might actually be Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> um, and then the acting credits, two pre-production projects that are kind of unnamed. If is a voice in an animated thing. The last thing is Indiana Jones. It's quite a couple of years. Maybe she's working on something huge. Maybe the flea bag momentum is dying down. I don't know. Best of luck to her. I do enjoy. I do enjoy her when she's doing her thing. She was good in Indiana Jones. She was her in Indiana Jones, but just fine. Uh, I don't. I don't hate that. She needs to do more Fleabag type stuff. That's her. That's what her is what is that? Personal. What what is that? Personal stuff. Stuff with her. I don't think she works in other genres as much because she she's Miranda basically. You know. She needs yeah. to be in Miranda type stuff. Right. As in, you know what I mean. She's got one speed, I think. And it's great when she's doing, like I said, personal stuff that's very much her energy. As opposed to yeah. Donald Lover, who can be Troy, he can be Childish Gambino, he can be this. He's got a couple of different more modes. Yeah, yeah, he's got some yeah. gears. Um, I finished Reacher. It was... A shit show. The, f- the first season was... The first season loses steam, I would say, after about four episodes as well. It just, it just, mm. there was a point in the first season where they were, they were in the city and they got attacked in the city and they ran and they had a fight in a parking lot or something. But he, he ran from like a thrift, yeah. a thrift store or something in the city to a car park, yeah. and it was him and the woman. The you know, it, it it's the it, yeah, yeah it's the special detective thing, you know. Um, you don't no, no, not even that. <laughs> you know that you know that yeah. pithy that pithy That's fucking thing. thing that we're all supposed to I be kind of more meant the, 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 the this is the way I you know the, <laughs> yeah the, I know. the cop show where the cop's not a cop and it, it just it quickly yeah. descended into that type of formula whereas I remember in the first episode you know he gets arrested he has the fight in the prison and it just it was surprising and interesting for like two or three episodes yeah. and then it very quickly just ran out of it's it's the thing top to bottom where, like, I read it in William Goldman's, William Goldman's book, like on script writing and stuff, we're talking about a Quint-style character. The more you know about him, the less yeah. interesting he is. You know? And that's that's just it. Like, the first Reacher is great because he's Reacher. He's he's this guy. He's this drifter. He's this whatever the fuck, you know? Like, because like, I watched, the way I watched the Amazon Reacher was I would watch an episode or two of it, and then I would go and watch 20 minutes of the Tom Cruise thing to just be like, this is better. Um, at least in the last week. And, like, the second one, Never Go Back, doesn't work no. because we start getting all of this backstory about the this time in the army and the people that know him. I, I don't think that's even the problem with that the one more so much. You give us, like, that one was just weaker script. Director brought on at the last minute. It was just, you know. Yeah. I don't think those, those are the main reasons why that film yeah. is not so good. But it's it's definitely part it's definitely part of it for me is that this character works when he's just this force of nature coming out of nowhere and we don't know anything about him. It's Wolverine, it's Quint, it's it's Gambit. It's like I know I'm just going with X Men characters there, but like it's a it's a you know, a mysterious loner archetype. And when you're watching the Reacher T V show and it keeps flashing back to the, the team building I don't think that's the in the military. I, I, like, I, I agree with what you're saying. But it's, I, it's the stuff that bothers me. I don't me. think it's Let's the problem with the with the show i think the show is just poorly made and you know weakly scripted yeah and then like this season then as well you know like giving him a love interest you know it's it's just 
it's weak when it just starts hitting all the usual TV by the numbers stuff. Yeah, it, mediocre yeah. stuff, yeah. There's, I, um, I think there, there could be an interesting way to kind of show us who this character... Cause, because the thing is, if with another character you're showing their backstory and it's like, yeah. how did he become this? But the whole point of Reacher is that he's just been the same. So you should be able to show a flashback with them and it, it sh- it's not going to be any more revealing. It's just, here's what the guy did before he was a drifter and guess what? He yeah. was the same. You know, he's, he's yeah. simple. There, there is that bit of flashback in the first Reacher movie, Jack Reacher. Like, like it's no secret that you're a Tom Cruise mm-hmm. fan. Uh, I also appreciate Cruise. I can, I can almost see the moment where he argued for the fact that like it doesn't fucking matter that I'm not six foot tall. His physical fucking appearance isn't the thing that makes a good story, mm-hmm. you know. Like that that grasp of filmmaking and narrative and, and storytelling. It's in, it's important in the book because the writer has to create a picture in your head, so they have to do that with words. Sure. So they're going to say, "Well, I'm just going to describe this yeah. guy as the biggest fucking nastiest thing." Yeah. Because you need to picture it in your head, so that's how he's described in the book. But in a film, you can just you can tell all that with the with a look. Where, you know, yeah. character says when he hangs up the phone in. You know, when he's like, come in, he's just like, fuck off. He just hangs up the phone and he's like, and then he calls them back. Like, that says so much more about Reacher than any shot of him being six foot five does, you know? Yeah. There's a a moment in the Jack Reacher film, because I I just finished it again last night, where uh, Sandy's body is found at the motel. And Emerson is in, I remember these names right now, <laughs> uh, is in the reception for the motel. And she's going, well, what are you looking for? And he's like, I'm looking for somebody that looks like they could kill this woman with one punch. And she goes, oh, that's room 211. You'll see. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, if if he was six foot five and 250 pounds, that makes yeah. sense. But it's Tom Cruise. So that's a funny book yeah, holdover, yeah. you know, but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work um, in the film. Yeah, it's, especially it's, when it's she a doesn't, pretty, she, it's a rare, rare she doesn't line have in an movie. interaction with him. Yeah. yeah, we don't see a moment if, where she's like actually intimidated. Yeah. If, by if his there was presence. a moment where you know he's being polite but intense, and she's just visibly unsettled Shook. by him, then that would make yeah. sense. But when in in the, the way it plays out in the film, she says, "You'll see," meaning you'll see because he's huge. Whereas the whole point mm. is, no, this man is just capable of of anything. That's the vibe I got from him. And there probably was a scene, I'd imagine, where where he interacts with her in some way to show that, and then it got cut. And then that line doesn't doesn't make sense as a result. Especially when the the guy who does kill Sandy isn't particularly tall; he's just a a big dude. So it's like, yeah, he'd yeah. kill someone in one punch, and it's believable. Yeah. And again, you'd believe that about that guy. I don't think he has any lines in the film. It's no, just, he's just. I think there's a moment we go shit because they, they get spotted, spotted yeah. driving around. Yeah. It's like we've been we've been made. Or you see him without fingers. Visual storytelling, folks. Oh, did he not have fingers? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I missed yeah. that. The the guy who kills Sandy, the guy who doesn't have any words, uh, Jay yeah. Courtney's goon. He's missing goon, yeah. uh, fingers. In you see him. I think it's when he's driving. You see that he's missing. Oh, so cool. he he fucked up once. Always the bullet, and he had to chew off his own fingers. I don't understand. I don't understand. Show me you can do it. In American prison, a retirement home. <laughs> that scene was. Do you want to yes. have a hurt off? <laughs> of course. <laughs> After 35 years in Pawnee, I'm going to go to Disneyland. 
Oh, I'm going to move to Florida to be closer to Disneyland. That's the one. <laughs> what a stroke of genius it was casting him in Jack Reacher. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. Well, in, in anything. Anything. Um, I mean, even his Rick and Morty cameo yeah. with the, the old lizard. <laughs> because you spent no time amongst them. They're obsessed with their penises. Um, it's a very funny monologue about dicks. Um, it's funny when they're large. It's funny when they're small. <laughs> uh, so look, yeah, that Reacher show it's was bad. underwhelming. I know it's bad. Any it's beyond underwhelming. Guy, it's bad. There's a there's a moment where Reacher like kicks a desk into a guy to pin him to a wall, and Richardson looks so uncomfortable trying to hold that position. Like there's there's like a half a second of a shot of a wide on it, and it's there for half a second, and I I didn't go back and pause it, but I looked at it and went, why even have that shot? I mean, I guess it shows us the position, but why have it if you don't want to hold it for half? Because it looks really uncomfortable. You know, it's only there for half a second because it didn't look comfortable for him. But even when he's know? interrogating and, people, like his voice goes kind of high. Like he, he can do a low voice because most of the time he's talking, his voice is you know it's it's down here and he's talking. But when he's stressed. And when he's like interrogating someone, his voice gets like kind of tight and high, and it just—he just looks like a overgrown fucking dude with a really high voice. Then, and it's it, like the when the guy has a heart attack after he chases him down, which is so unconvincing because the guy's in a car and he's on foot, and it doesn't look like he could run to keep up with a car, no matter how many shortcuts he's taking. And then he throws a barbecue or something at the car and the car yeah, crashes and the guy falls the out and has a heart attack and he's questioning him and he just, instead of it sounding urgent and intense, he sounds like Mark Wahlberg, you know? He's just, yeah. yeah. Whereas if that was Cruz in that scene, it'd, it'd, be, it'd be down here and he'd be talking. Like, who sent you? Who put you up to this? Well, you know, it was just more convincing. Yeah. Toast. 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 That's a 1996 Brian De Palma Mission Impossible reference. It's the, it's it's a good um, toast. It's a good cue for your cruise impressions. You know, every impression needs a word or a phrase. Toast. 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 I didn't kill. What's the name I didn't of the kill. handler? The Mission Impossible Gittridge. handler. Gittridge. Gittridge. You haven't. Is that who you're talking about? Seen me upset. Yeah. <laughs> Kittredge, you haven't seen me upset. Kittredge. It's always clipped when he says it. Kittredge. Uh, if the listeners would like to send in their Tom Cruise Send us your Tom Cruise impressions. impressions. We want to hear you. We, send we, us your Tommy C's. We need to hear you say toast. And we need to hear you say, I didn't kill him. Bullets in the fall killed him. That's the other one. Hmm. And of course, you haven't seen me. I mean, the... You haven't seen me upset. Yeah. So the Amazon Reacher and the Tom Cruise Jack Reacher are night and day from one another. Night and day, a Tom Cruise spy movie Not where a, bad a blonde film. woman closes her eyes and passes it out a number of times brings us to Argyle, a spy movie where a blonde woman um, has a lot of waking up and going to sleep. Here we go. Um, uh, I went. I went. <laughs> I, went to, <laughs> I went to see Argyle. Um, what What are your thoughts on Argyle, Brian? I haven't seen it, and I won't be going to see it because it looks like a shit show. Here's a film. When it was first announced three years ago, they publicly, public knowledge that 
Bryce Dallas Howard is playing a woman with amnesia. We don't need to say. It. No, we're, okay. we're going to say. It. Of course, we're going to say it because somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, they said, say "Let's make this a twist. Let's force this into being a twist." That's how little faith they had in what they were doing in this film. Yeah, I kind of want to blame the marketing department on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> like, I feel like your man made his film, and then the marketing department went, "Let's lean into the fucking reveal of yeah. this," which just goes to because show you that there wasn't a cohesive idea behind this film. And they're like, how do we salvage this? Uh, well, I, there wasn't a cohesive idea behind the marketing of the film. Nor behind the film. Like, why? The film's all over the place. I was, okay, tell me why you think um, it's all over the place. She's, she's a like, spy with like, amnesia just, who's writing books. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then the people want her because she knows the events of the books. But she, they already had her. And they've her parents are fake. Her parents are the people who are also trying to capture her. It doesn't make any sense. Sam Rockwell has to rescue her from the division, but her parents already work for the division. They already know where she is and who she is. They've got her under. Like it doesn't make any sense. Well, they're not. They're not her. Parents. That's what I'm saying. They're not her parents. They they've already had control of her. Yeah. And then Sam Rockwell. It, but, but they they're don't. trying to capture her to find out where this master key thing is. But they've already had her under control for the last however many years because they have these people in yeah. pretending to be her parents. Why do they need? Why do they need yes. to abduct her in the first place? No, they don't have these people in pretend. Look, I will. I will not try and defend. Tell me that. about the film. Tell me how you love. Very. It. Just be okay. a disappointment to be all let over me, again. Let tell me. me how you love this. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. I had a lot of fun of with this did. film. I I laughed. I didn't cry because look, there's no crying in this film. It's very fun. The CGI cat uh, was enough Cavill to make you cry. and Cena are playing. Uh, this Cavill and Cena are playing the novelized versions of, um, you know, Argyle and whatever the hell else. They're goofy fucking caricatures. They're doing cartoon bullshit in a sort of last action hero kind of way, or like The Rock and Sam Jackson and the other guys kind of thing. They are stupid cartoons. It is. Goofy, goofy fucking fun. I like Sam Rockwell. He is the real world spy. He is the sort of like off balance, always dancing Sam Rockwell, um, which is fun. His name is Aiden. They spelled it right. They said it right. Uh, so that immediately won it over to me. Um, uh, this the CG. Every Aiden in pop culture has been A I D E N for the last twenty five years. They've been calling him Aidens forever. And the first time this I've seen a movie where everyone's saying Aidan, and then I checked the credits at the end, and they spelt it my way. So I'm happy with that. Um, it it's fun. It's so fucking stupid. It it really it is stupid. fucking stupid. They there's this moment in it where. This is so fucking stupid, and you're going to fucking hate it. Um, like, it opens with this, like, book reading, where people are sort of, you know, quizzing her, and she's like, oh, ever since my skating accident, you know, I, I decided to refocus and, and, and get into writing. Now, the skating accident was an explosion that led to amnesia, and then they put her into this fucking scenario so that she would write her secrets into these books. It's incredibly convoluted to get us there. But towards the end of the movie, they're cornered, and they're shooting at the bad guys and they realize that they're springing leaks in these tanks of crude oil and 
the bad guys say, oh no, we can't shoot in here, we'll set the place up, it'll go up, whatever. No, no free fire in here. And there's a moment where she goes, skating accident, can I actually skate? And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, you were, you were a good skater. And she puts, she stands on two like throwing knives, I think, to put blades on the bottom of her shoes. And then ice skates around a lake of crude oil, stabbing bad guys for 90 seconds in a real like I, Tonya style CG skating montage. This sounds awful. Uh, it's fucking ludicrous. The entire time I'm yelling at the screen, that's not how skating works. Um, but it was so, it was fun. It was dumb. It was so dumb. I enjoyed it. Um, at a, per, a certain point, I noticed because of course, even though it makes perfect sense, I wasn't looking for it, but I knew I'd find it. Um, they're, you know, they're sitting at a table in London and they're drinking a beer and it's Statesman beer, which is the Golden Circle, the American spy agency, the Statesman. And it's like, cool, okay, this is a Kingsman universe thing all of a sudden. And then there's a big Kingsman thing at the end. I don't, like, as dumb as it was, and as fun as it was, and I will defend this, I had a lot of fun. I really did. Um, even though you will probably hate it. Um, at the end of it, I do get a bit where I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Because you start to see the things peppered throughout the film that led to the caricature of Argyle. So... Samuel L. Jackson's character is wearing this Nehru jackets with no collar on him. Uh, Brian Cranston's character has kind of basically like he's an older man, balder, but he's got the flat top, basically. Um, you, you start to see the things that made up the Argyle caricature in her head. It's, it, it's, it's nice that that's just planted around. And then at the end, where she's written the final book that gives the story, a guy stands up and asks a question. And it's a guy with a big, like, um, what's the guy from Eastbound and Down? Um... Yeah, he's got like a Danny McBride mullet and he, you just see him from the back and he stands up and it's Henry Cavill going, I don't have a question for you, but I bet you got a question for me. And it's like goofy American accent, Henry Cavill and sort of like a little like, I don't know, cliffhanger, like, wait, who is he and how how does he feed into the caricature type of thing? And it's like, oh, that's cool. Okay, like, I know that it's not cool, but it's a funny moment that opens a door for like, Oh, what's the rest of the story? Or who is this person? Or who did this caricature come? And it's fun to let Cavill do goofy voices. Um, but then there is a post-credit scene where you get a sort of sepia-tinted England in an old thatch pub called the Kingsman Inn. And it says 20 years earlier, and a young lad walks in and he delivers a sort of James Bondian code words back and forth. And they go, well, what's your name? And he goes, Aubrey, Aubrey Argyle. And then it says... Argyle the movie book one Argyle book one the movie coming soon and it's sort of I is that is that in the are they telling us that they're making a movie of the book they've written to go with this are they telling us that there's a movie coming I don't understand what they're trying to tell me there in that last thing mm, I know that it's it be like because it, the whole thing's a mess like I said earlier look the movie is goofy bullshit but it works end to end as goofy bullshit spy movie. It's stupid comedy. It's f it's fine. It's sound. It's over the top. It's bollocks. <clears throat> I don't know what they're telling me there, though. In terms, they're of telling it's you there's going to be a Henry Cavill movie where he plays a version of this character, and it doesn't matter whether it's a film of the book or whether the character is real as well. Who fucking cares? All that matters is if you came here for a spy. Is it going to be yes, Cavill? Yes. yes. 
Why show me this young model boy then? Why do, are they not telling me they're just going to make Kingsman with a younger lad again? No. Okay. You're just getting more cavil. Just shut up. Just shut up and shut up and eat your cavil. Okay. Shut up and eat just, my cavil. I enjoy yeah, cavil. We know you. Uh, well, yeah, I know we do. Uh, I think he. It. I think. I think. I think he has fun. <clears> you know. I think he has fun. I enjoy him when he's having fun. Uh, any thoughts on? I say any thoughts on. I remember when the movie trailer started, and I haven't looked into it since. They have published a book, a novelization. Who have? Who's they? About what? What are you talking about? The, the they of Argyle. Okay. There is a book you can buy called Argyle Book One. Okay. Written by Ellie Conway. That's Rowling? Hmm? J.K. Rowling? No. You know that idea that J.K. Rowling's the fucking scriptwriter on this movie? No. Oh, I thought you were telling me no. that. No. Oh, well, it's like, apparently there's a, like, a little secrecy around one of the screenwriters of, the, of this okay. film. I heard people the, suspect like it was the, Taylor Swift. <laughs> right. It's the, 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 basically my understanding of it, or at least the, the prevailing supposition is that it's J.K. Rowling writing movies, but kind of keeping her name off it to avoid the See, Rowling. No wonder it sucks. Because she's done... Uh, pen names before she has, what, yes. the, what was the the thing um, is Taylor Swift Ellie Conway is Ellie Conway J.K. Rowling uh, just trying to get more information on this uh, I think the fucking I think the Taylor Swift thing is just Taylor Swift fucking internet hype I think it was because uh, Bryce Dallas Howard said she based her character on Taylor Swift in that she was this kind of dorky kind of personality, but unashamedly dorky or right. something like that. And I think people then took that to mean something more. Well, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Rowling just writing under a pen name. Boo! Uh, Ellie Conway is the author of a debut sort of spy novel, Argyle, which is set to be released January 9th. Born and raised in upstate New York, she wrote her first to... Uh, that's the character story. Um, yeah, look, that's, that, is, that is my understanding of the not the truth not the rumors but like lots of suppositions could be bollocks could just be uh, Matthew Vaughn writing away again um, I'm trying to see the IMDB on Argyle to see who is listed as screenwriter Argyle film IMDb, so low down the list these days. Writer, Jason Fuchs. Okay. Maybe I'm full of shit. That's just Jason Fuchs. There's a lot of dead air. Uh, just a lot of thinking. A lot of looking and thinking. Um, yeah, look, everything I said for the last five minutes might be nonsense then. Um, Richard E. Grant is in this movie for approximately 20 seconds. It's very odd. Uh, Dua Lipa? I still know nothing about Dua Lipa. Same. Oh, I watched Barbie. That's a that's a pivot. Hang on, um, watch hold Barbie. On. It's good. Hold on. Did you go see Fine. the boy and the heron and poor things? I saw poor okay. things. I did not see the boy and the heron. Um, poor things. I enjoyed. Would I see it again? I don't think so. But I enjoyed it a lot. Um, yeah, you really you really liked it. You've seen it a couple. No, times? just once, but I loved it. Just the once. Okay, sorry. No, I, I was listening to Mark Camot talk about it. He had seen it three times. Um, I liked it. Okay, we've pivoted onto poor things. Um, I did like it. Um, Ruffalo is amazing. It's fantastic. Uh, 
Have we ever seen Ruffalo do that sort of character? I don't think so, no. Sort of broad cartoonishness? He, he's usually kind of like very underpinned yeah. or understated. Um, I don't think so, no. I think that was the first time, really. Hmm. He was he's great. superb. Hmm. Dick Doster. <laughs> yeah. Bella. So it appears. Bella. Indeed. Um, yeah, I was unsure about it. It was... I guess I know what they were trying to say. It just felt kind of grim in places as well. I mean, it was basically Barbie with more substance, right? Yeah, I heard somebody say this is Barbie for people that like Bjork, which is a which is a weird, not a great dot connect, but a funny one as well. Yeah. Um, um, I'm trying to think about it because it has been two weeks since mm-hmm. I saw it. Um, Willem Dafoe's character was so grim. Mm-hmm. Um, but funny. The belching thing. Was there any walkouts? It was so funny. Um, no, no. It was... Um, I was looking at some of the elderly audience members that had walked in when all of the sex yeah. was happening for the you like to watch periods of time of the movie. Watching other people. I like to watch... Yeah. 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 I'm, 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 I'm a dual layer voyeur. Um, um, if they're uncomfortable, it's oh, It's just better. better. It's um, just better. Well, I, I was watching... Yeah, that moment where she tries to shove an apple inside her. I was like, this is, this is aggressive for a breakfast table. Um, but, um, yeah, it was a lot of fucking. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went to see it, there was a lot of people there, clearly there, just as Emma Stone fans, and having no concept of what they were about yeah. to watch. Yeah. My own bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... Here's a character who's happy to be as sexually free and explorative as possible until she starts fucking other people, at which point it gets pretty uncomfortable. Um, that That's coming out. But, no, that has to stay in. Um, it has no. to stay in. Who says to stay in? No, it has Brian, to, super That's strong. the whole point. That, that'll be the thing that springboards this podcast to like the next level. We, it, has, me being it has to stay in there. People will hear it and go, what does that mean? What do you mean? Aiden, what do you mean? Aiden, what do you mean, Aiden? I'm pretty sad. Aiden, you're Um, so delightful. Uh, That's Argyle. That's Poor Things. There was a PlayStation... PlayStation State of Play. Cool. They showed a bunch of stuff... Um, well, the, the most interesting in there for me was the Death Stranding 2, Trailer 2 for Death Stranding 2. Um, trailer 2 for Death Stranding yeah, 2. We got like a trailer a couple of months ago revealing that it was happening. Showed very little. Mm-hmm. And I did like that game in the end, but it has a lot of Kojima's worst tendencies in it. So right. when there was rumors of, you know, a sequel to that game coming out, I was like, okay. Not that I didn't care, but I was just like, I'd played the game in the in you know since. So, um, and I remember saying here on the podcast that the trailer still managed to get me caught up again because he's just got a great eye for things. And mm. same thing, I'd heard there was going to be rumors that there'd be another trailer for it at this event, and I was like, sure, whatever. And then it started. And there's a point. I, I know exactly which point it is in the trailer when it happened. I was just like, God damn it, you bastard. <laughs> uh, hmm. There's a character 
who is a recurring character from the first game, supposedly dead, shows up and the design on the character is amazing. And even as that character comes up, it cuts to a title card saying like character mechanical design, Yoji Shinkawa. And it's like, well, of course, because his design work is just, it's beautiful. But I was just looking at this design of this character. It's like, it's just so good. And then the next thing in that scene happens where this sort of like cyborg ninja crossed with David Bowie, crossed with Alice Cooper, crossed with the crow looking thing, has a guitar for some reason, but it's all futuristic (laughs) and stuff. And then this cyborg samurai shows up and he starts fighting with the cyborg samurai and he starts using his guitar weapon. And he starts shredding on the, the guitar, playing a theme from the first game, which is this kind of lullaby theme. But now he's playing like a, a metal version of it on the guitar. And as he does that, the guitar shoots electric bolts of lightning at the samurai. And the samurai is deflecting it with their sword. And it's just like, yes, <laughs> yes, this makes no sense, but it looks cool. And it's the shit you love. Yeah. And then the then the, he gets into a sword fight with the with the robot samurai uh using his guitar because he unplugs his guitar and stops shooting laser beams from it um and as he unplugs it a blade comes out one side of the guitar and he starts swinging it like an axe you know you know they refer to like in heavy metal you know their axe and stuff yes guitars are axes axes. and he starts having a a sword axe fight with it's just nonsense and it just looks so great and yeah one of my problems with his recent stuff is that those ideas don't connect with the the gameplay or the story. Everything's kind of become very disjointed. And that was a problem with the last game as well. There's a lot of cool stuff in it, but the story and the cutscenes and the gameplay and then gameplay within the gameplay doesn't feel joined up at all. It's kind of doesn't feel cohesive. Like there there's things even like when you're playing the game, you can unlock the means to create like a motorbike. And then you can store that motorbike at a oh, base. Okay. So the purpose of the game is pretty much traversal. It's like, how do I get around and make these deliveries? And as it goes on, you you unlock better means of traversing this kind of hostile landscape. Um, and one of those right. things is is a motorbike. So you can unlock the means, create a motorbike, and then you go to a base. And it's like, oh, this base has that motorbike. And you've, you've got this network, this delivery network. But when you go to a base, all your stuff is supposedly underground. And you can go underground to rest. But when you do, it cuts to a scene of... It's kind of a loading scene, basically. And there's a little transition animation for like whether you're going into your bunker or whether you're unlocking a vehicle. And it never feels like you actually have those things or are in a place. So if I go to a base that has a motorbike, and I go, okay, I can go here and unlock this motorbike. The motorbike just comes up. There's a loading animation for the bike coming up out of the hangar. As opposed to right. it existing in the space and you walking up to it and getting on board it, which would feel much more immersive, I think. It's kind of like you're selecting... Everything you do in the game is like is like a level select or a item select, and they're not actually right. things in a space where you can actually go and interact with. And the story feels like that. Every, nothing feels joined up. The story doesn't feel connected with the gameplay. Certain gameplay mechanics don't feel connected with the, the world just kind of like when you select a mission from the game like deliver this package to this place you're selecting it from a menu it's like an item or a menu or a level select as opposed to it being a world where these things exist inside of it everything exists in like a separate ui rather than it being connected 
Yeah, liminal space is hammer yeah. space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I hope he kind of resolves that stuff. The, the trailer is the facial capture, particularly for... And like it was good for the last game. And just to even compare the last game to this game, it's, it's just... It's crazy. And then there's, there's... George Miller is in it. I'm just pulling up the trailer as well. There's somebody... Yeah, who's the guy in it this time? Like it Guillermo was, del Toro? Is that what you mean? Or... Uh, is is it still Regis? Still Regis, yeah. So in the last game, they used Guillermo del Toro's likeness. He didn't actually perform the character. And in this game, it's right. it's a uh, George Miller of Fury Road and Mad Max. He's Mad not Max. actually performing the character, but it's his likeness is being used. Um, Mads isn't in this one, but right is it Dakota or El Fanning? One of them is in it. Maybe El Fanning. Who's the one in Neon Demon? Is that El Fanning or Dakota? Fanning. One oh. of the Fannings. I've, I've mixed them up. I forget which one's which. She's in it. Uh, Leia Sadu is still in it. Norman Reedus is in it. And there's yeah. another director whose likeness is being used, but it's being performed by a different character. Is a Turkish writer-director. Um, and he's in it, or his likeness is, but it's, again, it's more Kojima nonsense. It's it's a little puppet, and the puppet is animated in, like, uh, sitting, sitting on the shoulder. shoulder but is animated in yeah. like a, a lower frame rate. So it looks like it's moving in stop motion for no reason at all. <laughs> Everything else in the world is, you know, 60 frames per second or whatever. FPS. And this thing is like a stop motion animation kind of. Yeah, I saw it there. I'm, I have a look at the trailer here while yeah. you're talking. Um, skip to, yeah. hang on. Well, I'll just find which bit to skip to. I'll keep talking. I'm skipping through all of <laughs> No, just watch the part I was on about though with the. I see, I see the, I see the ax, the yeah. lightning. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's the blade. Yeah, and he whips it around the body. On yeah. The oh, also, it, so there's two moments where, I, like, one I would notice the the character mechanical design is really good, and it cuts to a title card saying "character mechanical design Yoji Shinkawa." And then I would also notice like the choreography on this fight scene is great, and it cuts to another title card saying all the action sequences are being choreographed by. I haven't looked them up yet, but there's some Yoji. director possibly doing the action choreography. Yeah, it says, uh, Action director Shimomura. Shimomura. Shimomura, is it? Mm. Mura. Shimomura. Shimomura. Alice in Borderlands, uh, the Netflix show. Yeah. Um, oh, he's got an actual little baby. There's this, yeah, the shot then with the baby at the end is very cute. Um, I haven't seen a single person watch it hands. who hasn't gotten emotional <laughs> with the, the shot of the baby. I do sometimes like look at this where it's just like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I guess Kojima's stuff works if I actually fucking, I've never played it. I just, I never dug into any of it. I just see it and go, this is batshit. And I see someone like Reed is doing voiceover, just saying things. And I'm like, does this make sense to you when you're saying it? Or do you just trust that this makes sense in a game? Like, do you, you say these things convincingly because you're a good yeah. actor and you sell it. But like when you walk into a set and the guy's talking to you, are you like, I know exactly what you're talking about. We're on the same creative wavelength. This is amazing. Or are you going, Hideo Kojima has had some of the most successful things in the last X amount of years. To be associated with this is to be associated with something that's guaranteed to be a success. Just fucking go with I it. think it's the latter in this instance, for sure. Uh, the other reveal then uh, at the end of that trailer was um, the head of, I, I don't know what his exact title is. It's the guy from the Guerrilla Game studio. Uh, El Fanning. El Fanning. Uh, the guy from Guerrilla Games, uh, Herman Holst, he's now the head of something at PlayStation. I don't know exactly what development or something. But it cut to him talking to Kojima 
um, this game isn't coming out until mm. next year, but he said then after this, they're basically like giving Kojima a blank check to make another Metal Gear type game. So he kind of coined yeah. the, the term tactical espionage action for Metal Gear. Yeah. Uh, that was like the tagline with the games. And that was like the, he likes to create titles for, you know, types of things he's doing. So he, he mm-hmm. coined tactical espionage action for Metal Gear. And in this little clip at the end, he was like, yep, um, Kojima's making his return to espionage action and they're basically giving him a blank check to it won't be metal gear because konami own metal gear but there was yeah the conversation must have gone like what do you need to make another metal gear that isn't called metal gear we're like what do you have in mind and we will yeah. just give you whatever it seems like it's going to be a kind of a cross media thing because at the end of the shot or the end of the little clip a drone pulls back and flies out of a hangar to reveal that they're on like the columbia pictures lot and Kojima was talking right. about it's going to be like at the forefront of technology, fashion, film, everything. So it seems like it's going to be a kind of a multimedia project. Um, it won't solely right. be. He, he wants to get into directing and stuff. So I, I kind of get the impression they've said, "Hey, look, just <laughs> here you go." Because famously, one of the things that happened with Metal Gear Five was that I think the scope of the project kept expanding, and then eventually Konami said enough, and they just kind of shut it down, and we got this unfinished game. Whereas it seems like now they're kind of promising him, like whatever, just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stick with us, and we will give you. Death Stranding worked. Yeah. Go for it. And the thing is, Death Stranding didn't even yeah. wasn't a huge. It was enough of a success to warrant a, a second game, but it was very mm-hmm. different. Like it, like it was basically a delivery game, you know. Whereas they're like, hey, what if you made a, what if you made another spy action game again? What would that look like? And uh, here you go. Mm-hmm. Here's the money. Please make that. Was there anything that wasn't Kojima-based in the series? Uh, there was. Most of it had been stuff that... I don't think there was anything... There was one or two new things. It was a, a new game from the guys who made Bioshock. Looks good. Looks like Bioshock. Bioshock's a good game. Okay. But it just doesn't kind of light up my imagination in the same way. There was a game from a Korean developer called Stellar Blade that is going to be pretty controversial when it comes out, probably. Why? I don't know if you're aware, like there's, there's this whole discourse among gamers about about their female characters not being hot enough. And right. a lot of the time they're based on real people. They're doing face cap, facial capture now for, for most of these people. And most recently it was like Spider-Man 2, Mary Jane, they figured wasn't hot enough. And they did facial capture on a real person and she is gorgeous. Mm. I do kind of see the point they were making in that there's a couple of scenes. I've only I haven't played the game, so I don't know how it looks in motion. But there's a couple. It looks like they might have just cherry picked screenshots of like still images of her face where she looks a bit uncanny. Um, right. But like, there's no there's no questioning that the person she's based on is stunningly Attractive. beautiful. And is it just a case that in certain shots, depending yeah, on your settings, it is, is it just a bit uncanny or something? But they have just cherry picked all these shots to be kind of like, look how ugly they've made Mary Jane and. Now there's this conversation about look how great characters in Japanese games or Asian games versus because basically in Asian games they look like manga characters, so they don't look like mm. people. And a lot of people that just need to go outside more just like their women looking like cartoon characters and not looking like real women. They complained recently that like they they did facial capture for I can't, it was one of the Resident Evil games and they were saying that like again the female character wasn't hot enough and like based on models like. Just it's just insanity. It's crazy, but this game Stellar Blade is coming out, and it looks a bit like 
near automata it's kind of swords and hacking and slashing and the main character has a has a great great butt much like in near automata so i'm just picturing the character's butt in near near automata glorious anyway um people are saying hey this is more like it you know good old asian developers giving us hot women in their games this is what we want yay um and some woman who worked for the studio in korea has said please boycott this game um i got fired for being feminist uh which is possibly true said korea does have a strong anti-feminist problem um but these usual dorks have taken that to mean support this game because it doesn't embrace woke nonsense so everybody support this game and up until then i was like this game has a butt and it's a woman with a sword and i might enjoy playing that and now it's like no i can't because Mm. now i'm supporting these dipshits i just want to play i just hit play on the trailer (laughs) i just hit play on the trailer and the 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 first shot i've got like of her about 40 seconds in it's not even butt it's side three quarter and she's pulling back on like a device and it's like there's just a lot of like chest jiggle secondary action a lot of moves jiggle jiggle and it's like that's that's conspicuous yeah that is conspicuous jiggle oh nope another character's moving and she stopped and she's still moving i mean that well that's secondary motion animation for you of course that's that's just just how things work that's 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 just science i mean come on Come on, come on, come on. Pay attention. Come on, get real. Yeah, uh, up until right. up until this week, that game was just, here is your anime wife with swords and a butt. Go enjoy. Just go enjoy in peace. Turn your brain off and slash robots and look at a butt and just enjoy, just enjoy. But now it's going to be part yeah. of this whole Western versus Asian thing. Like That was bad enough. And now the fact that they've yeah. fired a woman working yeah. on the team for being a feminist. Close Reddit, play game. Would it be? I, I, I'm, I'm cursed with the knowledge now. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, it's is that debate not happening? Was that debate not happening with near automata? 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 Not so much. No. I mean, because Beca- I, because I, with I don't near play these games so much, and I'm I am uncomfortable with sexuality at the best of times so when i see a sexualized character in a video game i'm just like this is pretty fucking pervy like i look at near automata and i just went this but is pretty fucking pervy and went nowhere being, near it being pervert is fine okay nothing wrong with being a pervert okay but as soon as somebody comes out and says i got fired from this game then yeah. it's like ah just let just for suggesting just let me fun. just let me be a pervert hmm. the spider-man thing is insane though um the the model who they used for, I don't think she did the performance. I think they just did like facial capture for her likeness. I think she's got like a skincare company or something. Um, she right. was receiving death threats. Like up, she had to address it like a week or two ago. Um, and like, that's how I kind of found it. Like up until then, I just saw these like screenshots where they picked these moments where her face looked kind of awkward. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't think it's that the character is ugly. I think it's just that they could have spent a bit more time running this stuff out and uh, these nerds need to need to get a life and then i saw that she had to address it because of a load of death threats and stuff and then i so i was on her instagram i was like she's Sorry, gorgeous sucks. like what are these people talking about um it's ins- it's insane it's actually insane that is fucking annoying it is it's crazy especially like if they have a problem with how the character looks and then they look her up 
anybody with a brain would go, oh, hang on, she's she's gorgeous. And if it looks weird in game, it's because of, it's not her problem, basically. It's nobody's problem. Just fucking get over it. You know, um, It's a fucking couple of million polygons and you can't masturbate over it. Get a life. Like, just fucking get a grip. Um, but yeah, the amount of hate she got was just insane. Fuck. Did you see any um, discussion on... Right, I saw some talk about Switch 2. They've announced, like... They've not announced. There's rumors of the, like... I kind of tuned out of that stuff because there has been rumors for Switch for a long time and it was... Nothing was happening. Yeah. And Nintendo are really tight-lipped about it. So until until you hear it from Nintendo... But yeah, because for at least the lap... For at least a year up until the release of Tears of the Kingdom, there was a... And there's probably some truth in it. There was a rumor that, like, they'll be releasing a new version of the Switch because by the time Tears of the Kingdom comes out... Essentially, what'll happen is that there'll, there'll probably be a Switch Two at some point with a enhanced version of Tears of the Kingdom, and that'll be kind of how they sell mm-hmm. it. They'll sell it with like a it won't have to be a brand new Zelda launch title. All, all that to say, basically, that I've been hearing Switch rumors for the last yeah Long since like twenty nineteen or something, and nothing came to light. So until I thought something might come to light because of Tears of the Kingdom. So well, that'd be the time to kind of reveal it, you know, launch it with a new Zelda game. And then that came and went with no news of a Switch. So I've tuned out of that because, yeah, until Nintendo say otherwise, it's just, there's probably some truth in it, but it's just um, speculation. Yeah, the, um, I guess the the thing I saw was like around um, uh, a little spec, I guess, Um Sorry, little like specification rumor milling that it's, you know, they've got an idea of it being around about power of PS4 mm-hmm. and then people uh, going, oh, it's only the PS4, why? It's why <laughs> should we not be at the PS5 or, or above at this point? And it's like, well, it's fucking Nintendo. They always keep their hardware a little back and focus on their gameplay. And, you know, they, they, they're never overly graphically heavy you know like they're, they're very cartoony it'll also be a handheld um, ps4 and, and again it's a handheld it's and a hand-held. the ps4 yeah. they had amazing looking games yeah so yeah um so i guess that was interesting um but again i have been hearing of a an upcoming switch for fucking ever like 2016 did the switch come out i think it was 2017 oh no 2017 i think i'm not sure let's find out I think Breath of the Wild came out in March 2017. March 3rd, 2017. Yeah. March 3rd, 2017. Okay. Um, so we've talking about seven, seven, seven years. years. Yeah. Going on seven years. Um, uh, and from about four years in, I've been waiting yeah. to get the update. Uh, thinking, oh, well, they'll upgrade this and then I'll, then I'll jump on board. Which is what kept me getting from getting the Wii U as well. It was just like, yeah. oh, well, there's something... And, I've I've been waiting. <laughs> I have been I've been waiting to jump onto the next Nintendo thing. Like I remember when the game when the Wii was transitioning because the Wii had been there for fucking ever. I was in Denmark when they announced the Wii U, and I was like, "Yes, a new Nintendo thing! I'm so excited! I'll jump on when I get a minute. I'll get that thing." And I remember being so excited for a new console, and then I didn't yeah. get it, and I kept going, oh, "I will, and I will." And I Waiting's will. the wrong way. And that was two thousand, and that was thirteen years ago. <laughs> Waiting, waiting is the wrong strategy. Uh, 
It's the stuff you want to play, get it. And then if the new version comes yeah. out, trade in your your now outdated version, you know. Um, yeah. I waited to get a PS5. Well, one, one, I couldn't get one. And two, I was in no hurry to get one until Elden Ring came out because I mm. didn't want to play that with loading times. And then it just kind of coincided that yeah. I got one just as it came out um, or around the same time. If they release like a new PS5 with, you know, a bigger, I mean, the, the next thing in the PS5 would be a bigger SSD because every time I buy a new game, I kind of have to delete or uninstall something. So I would absolutely buy one with a bigger SSD. Um, and then I will just probably, you know, trade that one in. Like, that's the way to go rather than waiting. Because if you're waiting, then you're just going to keep waiting. Then you never get it. That, then you, that's you never what I've been doing. That you were waiting for. Mm, that's, that's what I've been doing. There is a room, well, not rumored. There is an announced DLC for Elden Ring. And this month will mark the two year anniversary of Elden Ring's release. So everybody's speculating, well, now's the time to release the, the announced DLC. And people are losing their minds because they've basically just announced that there will be DLC. They've announced like the name of it and an image teasing it. And that was it. They haven't said <laughs> They haven't said a word since, but there's been all sorts of like activity. There was a, a leak of a controller tie-in that'll be released this month. So people are like, does that mean the DLC will be released this month as well? And on Steam, in the Steam database, you can see every time the developers like add something. There's like a right. depository kind of, or a repository. Um, so every time the developers are doing something, even if it hasn't gone public, you can see them adding things. So on the Steam database repository, They've added a ton of stuff, so it's like the DLC must be anytime, anytime now. When are they? When are they going to fucking release it? The question is, will they? Will they? Re- will they release a trailer? Let's say next week, saying this is coming out in three months, or will they just like shadow drop and be like, it's out now, you can buy it? <laughs> How will they do it? Go yeah. get. Um, but people are yeah. losing their minds because it's been two years, and now is the perfect <laughs> time to. The two-year anniversary of the game seems like a good time to release some dlc for it um so that'll be interesting there's um i also saw okay maybe you can tell me more because i always assume you are the tuned into the tuned into the world guy um pal world yeah so that is it's like fortnite crossed with pokemon that's what i can kind of gather right a bit and are are is the pokemon company irritated Uh, they are investigating (laughs) I don't think it was on their radar at all until it came out, but they are aware and they will be... There was some blatant, like, kind of style infringement for sure. Yeah. Um, So for the audience, it's basically a 3D MMO type... I don't even know if it's MMO, but it's open world Pokemon type mm -hmm. of thing. And we haven't quite got that from a Pokemon game yet. Fair to say? Um, we've, We've... Pokemon for some reason has lived in it. Uh, the reason being that people would buy it regardless, so they, you know, they never really to in, in didn't invest a lot of resources in it. They can just release a new one with some new designs. People will buy it anyway because Nintendo are at the Disney of the gaming world. Mm. Um, but I, we were looking at what was the game? Yes, I don't know. The, you remember the yeah. game I'm thinking of? Where he's floating yeah. around on a hoverbike. We were looking at a very Ghibli-ish style, open-worldy, Pokemon style riding around on your skateboard game a while back as well. 
it's like it's been such a no-brainer for so long but it also feels like i can understand why a nintendo would go that is such a massive or a pokemon company that is such a massive investment into a style of video game that would potentially overshadow the other thing like if if we start shifting to a like an open well, I mean, world but that, that does the, the other risk game, is like if if you do people still buy the other one if you don't do it your competitors are going to do it and it's you know it's it's leaving money on the table yeah um, i've only played one pokemon game and it was a remake of i think like the first game boy game on the switch and it looks really nice but i stopped playing after i think i gave it to my nieces because it was just it's grinding grinding kind of very simple whereas there's a game out there that i would 100 percent play if they were willing to invest the resources in in making it if it was a game that is like set in nature where you're going around traveling from town to town yeah on your bike kind of going through nature on your bike catching you know wildlife and then training some of that wildlife to participate in dog fights, you know? <laughs> Don't overthink it. <laughs> but there, there's a shot, there was a trailer for a game called Seasons. And one of the first shots in the game is of somebody like just riding a bike through the countryside. Yeah. Is that what it was called? No, that was, well, no. that, that was kind of a Ghibli style game Different on a bike. One, okay. Or like Ghibli inspired in terms of it being kind of a nature and stuff. But it's not the game that we were looking at previously, which was very much a, a Pokemon game. This is this is a very different genre of game. It's kind of speaking aesthetically and stuff, how it looked. Um, there's a game out there that they could set on an island, you know, follow the, the kind of basic Pokemon story, you know, where you're a kid going on an adventure, going from town to town, just like classic RPG stuff, um, mm-hmm. but set in nature, having a little index of all the wildlife you're encountering and then choosing which ones you're going to, to train and then participate in this. Like, the, it's a no-brainer. Like they they could they could make that game very simply, like in terms of like the the game mechanics being you know just catch stuff, train stuff, fight stuff. In terms of yeah. game loop, really simple, really just really polished. But then have the world be really beautiful, a lot of nature, a lot of kind of tranquility, and you know, kind of an ambient mood type thing where you can just pick it up and go. Oh, I'm just gonna cycle around here and see what I can find, and maybe I'll continue on to the next town and next mission and like that that game is in my mind right now and it is so clear and it is something i would just yeah. play it, it's you know it's a bit animal crossing it's a bit it's a bit everything it's it's all stuff they do yeah. if they were to just give it a a bit of a cosmetic makeover it'd be a fucking system seller it'd be huge yeah. and the fact that they haven't made that or refusing to make it is just baffling to me yeah no it, it doesn't make a lick of sense because it's it's just since they since they created that game since they created that game, you've had a lo-fi prototype of what this world yeah. could be. Since they made that TV yeah, show, it, it, yeah. they've had a prototype. Yeah. We know what it is, you know? It's just... I if know. I won the Euro Millions, that's what I would do. Set up a little game uh, studio. Did you, did, you, did you play the Euro Millions? Uh, last week, I think. Yeah, I did not win. I did, did not win. Yeah. I did not mm. win. That's what I would do. I would set up a little studio, have a little Pokemon game. Not Pokemon. But you know what I mean. Set in Ireland. Set in yeah. Ireland. Pal world. Set in Ireland. Oh, or a version of Ireland. Peep, the, the version yeah. of Ireland people imagine in their head. <laughs> and you just, you're just going around the countryside on your bike. The version of Ireland itself. Yeah. On your bike. Collecting little fairy, fairy mons. 
and then you know a dream to become the best ferryman trainer ferryman oh because of oh, irish pokemon pokemon <gasps> there you go it's right there pokemon it's been there it's, all been, it's been right in front of us the whole time that's so fucking funny i have one last thing then i have a, a message from our listener our listener um cat friend friend of the podcast hmm? a ding the thing Ah, ding ding uh has been hotel i haven't watched it any haven't doesn't watched look it? like my cup of tea uh, yeah i'm not sure what the story do you know what the arc or narrative of this no. is because i've been hearing I've, about it for a while i have seen more cosplay of this stuff with no idea what it was and mm. then just scrolling prime I, it popped up and i was like oh that's the thing that people have been dressing up as shiting on about for a while <laughs> um uh has been hotel according to cat horrific storylines with cute bizarrely powerpuff like animation uh i asked did they enjoy it and they said absolutely so um maybe one to check out um adult animated musical comedy streaming series uh any concept of where the fuck it's come from like was it a comic or something i have no idea or shorts i don't know and the pilot released on youtube october 28 2019 was made entirely by freelance okay so it's a patreon freelancey thing that built a big following cool okay great um i did see a clip of some conservative christian type railing against it because it's well that's reason enough to watch it like that's yeah they were just like it's literally saying satanism is good okay cool um so hey hotel hey 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 why why isn't the story about the guy who decapitated his dad getting way more press why why aren't people talking (laughs) do you know this yeah so uh uh he decapitated his father and then took to youtube or instagram live and declared himself president of the united states and called for revolution he called for the murder um, of all federal government employees. Yeah. This feels like a of, mentally of ill which human his being, dad though, right? was one. Right. But he so firmly believes the, that the Democratic, the left, are evil that he decapitated his own father and then went on YouTube, went on a rant while displaying his father's dick. Like, Like all I've been hearing really for the last week in terms of politics is how Taylor Swift is a Pentagon psyop and that the Super Bowl is rigged and that her boyfriend's going to win the Super Bowl and it's just a way to get people to vote for Biden. And that's insane. And all of the right wing media has been talking about that as if it's a fact. Meanwhile, a son Mm -hmm. decapitated his father and proudly displayed his head on YouTube, and it was up for a while before YouTube took it down, all because he thinks all federal government employees are evil and satanic. And that's a thing that happened. <laughs> and I've only seen it on Reddit. I haven't seen the news talk about it at all. Oh, I saw it on TikTok. Well, I mean, we've seen it on social media. Uh, haven't seen yeah, it. Haven't seen the news, the news talk about this. Well... To a degree, I, I assume we're talking about a deeply mentally ill person committing a crime. So, you know, the news headline would be a no, man but, was but murdered not, today by a mentally ill human. It's because there's a political angle to it. But, but does, you don't want a mentally ill person inciting other mentally ill people to murder and violence. Yeah. 
Do you want to promote that? No. What I'm saying is that I'm not saying do you want to promote that. I mean, would a would a news agency want? I to think it's serious like, enough. I repeat his call. Yeah, because I think they should be saying, "Hey, uh, this whole right left thing is getting out of control because this has happened," and mm. um, you know, a year or two ago we had a an attempted insurrection because of people, you know, stoking the fire. And now this mm. is happening, and we need to get a fucking handle on that. Did you see? Because it's happening um, here too. This is, fucking yeah. burning down hotels. A third of the country here said they would vote for an anti-immigration party if none exists. Jesus, fucking it's fucking Christ. out of control okay. everywhere. And yeah, it was a mentally ill person, but that doesn't make it less political. Because what they're doing is they are stirring up people with with these tendencies. And not all of them are mentally, yeah. mentally ill. Some of them are just fucking stupid and uninformed. Yeah. But that's where the things are at at the moment, is weaponizing that has become, one, it's become very efficient, and two, it's become very powerful. 